This is the third episode in a special series of The Producers. Agriculture 2023 celebrates the farmers and produce of Northern Tasmania. In five conversations, we celebrate farmers caring for both land and community. Along the way, you'll hear how strong local food systems and ethical farming do much more than create delicious food. They also benefit the farmers, eaters and the earth that we all share. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. It's live. It's um, it's vibrant and it's always changing as well. And I, I love that about our wines too, that um, they're always changing. So, uh, you know, the first sip that you have from the, you know, the second glass or the last glass are completely different flavours. Marion's Vineyard is a love story, an immigrant tale, a family legend and an example of what can happen when passion meets philosophy and a developing appreciation of soil, heritage and legacy. Cynthia Simmons is the second generation to be making wine at this special vineyard overlooking the Tamar River, Kanamaluka, 35 kilometres north of Launceston. Her approach? Trying to get the view in every bottle. Hi, my name is Cynthia Simmons and we're at Marion's Vineyard in the north of Tasmania on the riverbank of Kanamaluka. Marion's Vineyard is my mum and dad's property. They um, they bought it in 1979 um, after having a little holiday in Tasmania from San Francisco. So they were well and truly outside <laughs> of their, their home um, and my mother... My, they were visiting my mother's parents who lived in Melbourne. So my mum is a Greek Cypriot. She came out to Australia in the late 50s along with all the other wogs. And we say that with endearment because it means wine, olive oil and garlic. <laughs> so she uh, lived in Melbourne. Um, my parents met on a cruise ship. Dad's Dad was Californian. And they fell in love, moved to San Francisco, had a couple of kids. Anyway, they were on a holiday here meeting my grandparents in Melbourne and they took a little side hustle holiday down to Tasmania and um, they fell in love with the property. It hadn't been, it had been on the market with a, you know, scratched up little sign for sale by owner um, for about 10 years and they hopped a fence and decided, looked at the view and went, right, we're going to move from San Francisco to Tasmania and we were here six months later. It was an abandoned apple orchard. So back in those days, lots of Tasmania was um, apple orchards. And in the sort of mid-60s, early 70s, um, the apple industry kind of died a little bit with a lot more competition out of South America. And um, also once England became part of the EU, I wonder if we can sell apples back to them now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was – the front of the vineyard um, was old apple apple trees basically they were weren't producing anymore so um they came and they fell in love with a little a little um guy producing pinot noir down the road and um, knocked on his door and said i see you've got a vineyard and they they had no vine growing background um although my mother did grow up in vineyards in cyprus but they just grew fruit they didn't make their own wine and um yeah so they decided to just Give it a go, blindly. The Tasmania that Cynthia grew up in is very different from the Tasmania that is drawing mainlanders now. What was it like to be a kid on the vineyard? Oh, Tasmania was a very quiet 
backwater, basically. Uh, the road in front of us was a dirt road. Um, there was very, I, I remember being it being negative population growth for years and years and years. In fact, when I was 17, I was like, why did you, why did you move to Tasmania? Um, it was a lot of Nescafe blend 43 coffee. <laughs> And tattoo parlours, and now it's really great coffee and lots of tattoo parlours still. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they um, it, the 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 tourism side of Tasmania um sort of came after three decades of them building the 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 business. So, um, but we always did a lot of parties here. Um, we had uh seven hectares planted so they pulled everything out and they did it back in those days with um an old tractor and a front-end loader um I don't think anyone would work that hard these days <laughs> we'd get a lot more machinery in yeah so they've they planted seven hectares of of lots and lots of different varieties um traditional pinot and chardonnay which grow very well here in Tassie um but then lots of other different varieties too so and were they making yeah, yep. Um, so back up in the, the cellar door, which uh, was the first cellar door ever in Tasmania, opened in 1983. Um, it also was the winery. So they made, I think their first vintage was about hmm, 10 tonnes. Hmm, yeah, so and back in those days, um, you know, the whole community came and helped. They picked on a weekend, they had a barbecue, lots of wine to drink and yeah, it was a wonderful sort of community event back in those days. Most people in Cynthia's generation did a pilgrimage of some sort, either to the big island or overseas. What drew her away and what brought her back? I, I left at 17 and headed to the mainland and um, or the big island and, and went to uni and did wine marketing at Roseworthy and then from there I went overseas um, and lived in Napa Valley for five years and sort of... Um, kind of worked in the wine industry there but realised that I didn't want to do PR or uh, marketing. I wanted to get my hands dirty. So I came back and did Charles Sturt uh, University um, to do winemaking and again travelled around the world and um, wasn't quite ready to come home and settle. Um, so I got a job again uh, on the mainland in South Australia for a large corporate wine company which was amazing uh, because you know there was lots of money so we got to play with lots of toys um, but it was also during that time that I found um, biodynamic wines and so I felt that it was time to go home and really take out the chemicals in winemaking and um, so I sort of said mum dad can I come home <laughs> and yeah that was an interesting journey as well <laughs> Yeah, I think also that succession um, uh, part of, of a family business. So I came back and I was, you know, I was crazily into, um, you know, eating only meat that I shot myself and um, riding my bike to work and, you know, very, very um, no chemical in anything and, uh, you know, going out hugging trees, saving whales <laughs> that kind of stuff and uh, and I think I was, a, you know, I was very passionate as most, you know, mid-20s are and um, probably a little bit too passionate for them. So we kind of butted heads a little bit and uh, there was no one else in the industry at that time who was going organic. So there wasn't really anyone that you could, you know, call up and go, what do you reckon about this? So I still put out the biodynamic um, uh, preparations and stuff, but we didn't go 
100% down that track. Um, well, in fact, the the second year that I was here, we did have a very wet and um, moist and humid season and we nearly lost all of the fruit. So dad and I kind of went at, at heads a little bit. Yeah, so it so fast forward to now, that was probably hmm, 20 years ago. And so now we are certified uh, organic and biodynamic um, and, you know, that we still have moist, wet conditions, but, um, but I'm really uh, very, very, still very passionate about that's the way I want to make wine and the true terroir of how things taste. Cynthia has strong ideas about biodynamic and organic farming, but she's not necessarily embedded in any orthodoxies. What is her approach to winemaking and how has it changed over the years? Well, I remember um, watching mum and dad make wine back in the early days and uh, that's where I kind of learnt, you know, you don't add anything and it still tastes amazing. Um, I don't even think they could afford to buy yeast back in those days and, like, we still don't buy yeast now. Um, We have a beautiful natural flora. Um, So, again, I would say our wine is very minimal intervention but it's always been. Like before it was a fad and lo-fi and all that kind of stuff, we just... um, just let it ferment itself, look after it, babysit it and put it into a bottle. And um, I think what we're trying to get is the view in every bottle, basically. That's what you're tasting is, is uh, what the view is because I think the grapes love living here. There are some wines that you'd be mad not to make in northern Tasmania. So naturally, there's Chardonnay and Pinot Noir at Marion's Vineyard. But there's so much else growing on the hillside here. Yeah, so we um, have, a, again, you know, the typical Tasmanian Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and we make a sparkling wine, um, but they always wanted to plant um, lots of weird and different things. So they planted Mulaturgau, which was a Riesling hybrid. They've got um, uh, Cabernet Franc, Cab Sav, um, Merlot. So they did a lovely Bordeaux blend. Um, and back in those days, um, I think a lot of Tasmania... Uh, well, it was quite cool. So people had planted Cabernet, but they had planted it in the wrong place. But we have a very, very warm spot. So we're sitting on the West Bank and the weather just comes from the northwest and hits, it goes straight over us and hits the other side of the river. So we can get Cabernet ripe. Um, it is more of a Bordeaux style. Um, so then we have um, Cascade, which is a... Uh, not a vinifera variety so it's a hybrid American um, hybrid variety which is quite interesting and foxy and kind of fun Um, we have Tempranillo we're one of the first to have Syrah planted we have a very rare um, Greek variety called Mavrodaphne um, which I think you know climate change will probably see that really come into its (laughs) you know Greece is a lot warmer than Tasmania is (laughs) It'll probably be a lot better in a few years. Uh, yeah, so we can ripen a lot of big reds. Um, so that's what we're planning on putting in. So it, some of the vines now are 43 years old and they're just starting to have a bit of a decline in um, production. So we are retraining some of the older vineyards that we want to keep and then some of the other vineyards we're starting to pull out and we'll put in some bigger reds um, to future safe the vineyard. Yeah. There are so many different aspects to winemaking and with everything done on the property, Cynthia's days can look very different. Is there such a thing as a typical day? 
I do a bit of everything. Today I was out fixing wires um, in the vineyard so we could continue to tie down. So um, I also, I mean, I make the wine along with my husband. The kids also help on school holidays. Uh, it's pretty much a family. So we're a second generation. When my, I've got my kids that are um, coming up through, so the third generation ranks. Um, and they're in their early teens and they realising how cool money is so I get them to work um, so they can buy what they want um, instead of what mum buys which is just what they need. Um, so yeah it's three three generations uh, now and um, th- we also have a cellar door that has like um, select your own picnic and local products that so we make beautiful platters for people so sometimes we're involved in the cellar door and yeah so on a rainy day I'm making wine on the inside and on a sunny day I'm outside in the vineyard it's it's great I and mean, it's the best office uh, I love um, being out being now that we're sort of biodynamic and organic and really concentrating on um, the soil uh, I love getting out there on my hands and knees and digging under the vines and checking out what my soil is how it's changing how many more worms we have how it looks more like a chocolate cake and not a brownie and you know uh, <laughs> enjoying watching my organic matter grow yeah there are lots of good spots to grow wine in tasmania but there's something special about marion's vineyard what are the qualities of the location and environment ah look i think all parts of tasmania are fantastic for wine grape growing um i love my little area because it's a warm pocket so uh i can experiment with other varieties um that are you know a little bit later to ripen um northern tasmania is i think a wonderful climate because we do get um, a good rainfall so i don't necessarily have to irrigate the vines um, we have a beautiful even temperature, so south might get a little bit more fluctuation, colder days and hotter days, um, whereas we're nice and even. And I think, you know, for a grapevine or a, a, a food product that you're growing in the ground, they prefer that, a little bit more of a <laughs> even keel. <laughs> so, yeah, I love, I love the north of the, the island to make great grapes and and the tamer is the biggest region in tasmania so yeah we're in the right spot mum and dad chose well oh there's some great things to do um in the region uh it's there's probably you know at least uh four or five different wineries that you can select to go to um but there's an amazing um farmer's market in launceston on a saturday there's gin um, distilleries, there's breweries, there's wonderful little uh, wine centres that have lots of different wineries from around the island um, that do good food. And yeah, so there's, um, you can go to Farmgate uh, places that sell their local produce. So it's not just wine. And I've seen in the last 10 years, the region's really, really diversified. So lots of great bed and breakfast that you can go to you can stay at a place and pet animals and um you can go up to market gardens and buy fresh produce straight from from, the, from them yeah it's a gorgeous little place the, the, the food that's coming out of here is excellent you don't have to spend long with cynthia Simmons to know that life might be busy but it's definitely not a chore how does she reflect on her life in wine Look, it's uh, it's definitely a passion project, I'd say. Um, life in wine. Well, you know, it's it's connection. 
Um, I'm very, very connected to the ground, I think, and the soil and the, the place that we grow. Um, and I think of all the products that you can that you put in your mouth, um, wine really does take uh, its terroir and its growing area really, really seriously. And I think um, that's, you know... <laughs> It's such a beautiful alchemical process too to watch the change. I mean, you taste a grape, but then you taste a wine. It can take you to, you know, different galaxies if it's really good and you're prepared to go there. <laughs> yeah. So a day in the wine, uh, in, in a from a winemaker's perspective here is um, it's absolute bliss. I'm not just sitting at a desk, you know, looking at crunching numbers. I'm um, on the ground on a tractor quite often um i'm composting so i've got my hands in shit you know it's lots of fun things to do growing wine is the foundation but you've got to get it to the people cynthia explains the sales and distribution side of what she does we um we do sell to the mainland so some of the varieties that we have a little bit more of the pinot and the chardonnay some of the syrah go to um sydney and melbourne and um, we do sell a lot in Tasmania as well. So uh, not necessarily in big bottle shops, but you'll definitely find them in small independent sellers. But we do sell a lot through Cellador. So in, I think in the last three years, we've um, really tried to, um, you know, make the place an enjoyable place for people to come and learn about how we grow things. So we try to educate them as well in organics and biodynamics and also how that changes the flavour. And so we have, through that, built up a great mailing list as well. So uh, we don't make a huge amount um, and we can't expand um, in our area. So we haven't got enough and we haven't got any more land to plant grapes. So we have to concentrate on um, direct-to-consumer, which which we're starting to do. And as we get the third generation in and, and younger vines in as well, um, we'll start to diversify the business too, I think. So not just wine, but we might do accommodation and and you know health and market garden I'd love to have uh, to feed the local community things like that yeah life at Marion's vineyard looks feels and sounds pretty special but what is it that Cynthia appreciates about her immersion in the world of winemaking I love that every year is different and that you can I don't have to make something taste the same every year for for consumer consistency I love that I can let mother nature determine what the flavors are going to be and I can stand by that and go yep that's that's how it was um I also love that I love the fact that I can use my nose and my mouth I mean I think that they're they're two completely underrated senses that people don't use enough um, and I love I love my nose <laughs> I was so scared when you know COVID came I was like my god what if I can't smell um, you know and it just I love the trigger of memories from smell um, I tell my kids all the time smell smell this smell that smell this get out of the car and smell um, because it can it's 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 like an education in 1979, a determined Cypriot and a Californian dreamer fell in love with northern Tasmania and started turning an old apple orchard into Marion's Vineyard, a pioneering winery in the cool, beautiful and fertile Tamar River Valley. Now, second generation Cynthia Sammons is putting her own stamp on the family business, crafting wines with dedication, passion and strong values. 
It's storytelling in a bottle. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au. 